Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We thank God for a day like this. And um, again, thank God for what we're studying at the moment. What we're studying at the moment is more of trying to celebrate Jesus, trying to bring Jesus to the fore, which we need so much at this time, the way the world has gone. We need Jesus at this time more than anything. Um, last week, God actually introduced us to the book of Hebrews. And um, I was telling Tom and uh, from Ice last week, and even Bobby, I think, last week, that I've read the book of Hebrews several times. You know, I've read it several times, to be honest. And um, he said I'm going to preach on the book of Hebrews. And um, it became a big struggle for me to actually read because I kept reading and I wasn't going forward. I kept reading and I'm just like, uh, go forward and come back again to look at that and go forward a bit and come back again. Because for the first time, I'm seeing the book of Hebrews pointing to almost everywhere. It was just going everywhere like that. And um, it's good to have that experience that I would just like to um, encourage us to study that book. It's very blessed to study that book. It's a very good book to, 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 to do. Now, um, Last week, Bonnie introduced us to the book, and he mentioned a lot of things, which was very, very great, again, in terms of opening us to that, to that world. I never saw some of those things like that before. And the fact that, number one, we don't know the writer of the book of Hebrew, which is true. Um, several opinions, we knew about several opinions, but we're not sure who the writer of the book of Hebrew is. So I'm going to be focusing more on Chapter 2 of Hebrews um, is going to come up somewhere there. I'll just read from verse 1 to 9. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Verse 5. For he has not put the world to come of which we speak in subjection to angels, but one testified in a certain place saying, What is man? You are mindful of him, or the son of man, that you care, you take care of him. You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we do not yet see all things put under him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower. Than the angels. For the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, my taste death for everyone. Amen. Amen. 
That was deep. And then we have people coming up with all sorts of ideas, all sorts of things coming up when it comes to the subject of Jesus. So the first thing to do is to look at Jesus from the perspective of, did he ever exist at all? You know, and um, I've done a bit of research as, 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 a, um, as, as, a, as a student and all of that. And uh, one of the ways to understand this finding is to first try to look at unusual places. Was Jesus mentioned in any unusual place apart from the Bible? So that if we don't trust the Bible, is there any other place we can trust to see the presence of Jesus? So the first thing we want to get to know is, do we, is it true that Jesus actually existed? That's the first place to go. But before we go there, let's go back to the beginning in Genesis. The Bible says in the beginning, God, that's Genesis chapter 1. Then he kept moving and got to a point and said, let us create man in our own image, after our own likeness. Let us, that means it's not only God, there's some people with him. But we understood that some more when we look at John chapter 1. It says in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. So it was in the beginning. He now says something at a, at a point. He says, and the word became flesh and lived with us. It became flesh and dwelt with us. That word we're talking about is Jesus. It became flesh and lived with us and dwelt with us. So let's go back to did Jesus actually live here? I did some digging, and there was one major um, um, Jewish historian called Flavius Josephus. Now, Flavius is, he has no Christian bias. He's not a born-again Christian. And he says something in one passage, he said in his book, he said um, it's, it's in, a, in a passage, it's called the Jewish Antiquities. And uh, it recounts that an unlawful execution took place and the brother of the person that was killed is known as James. And his brother was called Jesus, who is also called the Messiah. That was way back, sometimes he did his work around um, 110 A.D., then there is another one, a Roman historian who also wrote, and this was in the book titled The Annals of Imperial Rome. It was talking about the fall of the Roman Empire. And he actually, I mean, the book was written around 116 AD. Um, the guy, Tacitus, was a senator and historian. And he was trying to chronicle the burning of Rome in 64 AD. And he mentioned that the Emperor Nero falsely blamed the person commonly called Christians, who were hated for their enormities. Christus, the founder of the name, was put to death by Pontius Pilate, procurator of Judea in the reign of Tiberius. So from that perspective, I know Jesus actually existed because the books actually prove that. So people said, okay, where are the, um, the paraphernalias? that will suggest in the museum, you know, that Jesus actually existed. And um, 
Somebody answered another, another, another non-Christian said, um, in those days, you've got to be rich for people to keep things that bless to you. My grandmother was a very, my great-grandmother was a very renowned person in, my, in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the village where she was born. Everybody knew her. She lived long, 180 years old before she died. But today, ask me, despite the fame that went with her, is there any paraphernalia that I can lay claim to or they can lay claim to in that village about him? The answer is no. Because in the hierarchy of things and the, and the way the, 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 the life was at the time, um, that wasn't something to, to think about. So the fact is, we know that Jesus lived on this, on this earth. We know that he existed at one point on earth. From here, I would like to go into, having answered that question of Jesus alive or not, um, the next one's about what Bonnie touched on last week, about the principle of docetism. You know, he laughed about it and mentioned that it's, it's something, fake it till you make it. Was Jesus, I mean, the sexism it's talking about seems to appear to. Jesus only seems to look like a human being, like a man. He only appeared to. That was the principle. And, and, and here it defines it as um, um, an ancient heresy that says Jesus was not fully human. That's the sexism. According to sexism, it seems to be human. You know, and um, again, Jesus lived as human 100% and is also 100% God. If you follow from the Bible, it was almost as if God poured the 100% of divinity into Jesus and also poured 100% of our sin into the same Jesus. So when Jesus lived, he was living as a man, however, a child of God. And uh, if you go to the Bible, you find that it's called so many names, son of God, son of David. In fact, son of David was, um, um, we refer to Luke chapter 18, when he was going to Jericho, and he saw that man on the side of the road, a blind man, and the man asked, why are people making noise? Where are they going? And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. But the man shouted, Jesus, thou son of David. They didn't tell him he was the son of David. But they shouted, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And he healed the man. How did he become son of David? We go back again to the genealogies in the Old Testament. And everything that happened before Jesus spoke about him. If you study the Bible very well, if you go back to the genealogies, it's all, it's all over the place there. Son of David, David was a king. But David was not meant to be a king because kingship from Saul was from the tribe of Benjamin. 
But David was from the tribe of Judah. But Saul brought David into the palace. And there was a union between David's son, Jonathan, and um, Saul's son, Jonathan, and David. And they made a pact. And the Bible says, that's in 1 Samuel chapter 18, that Jonathan took everything that makes him look like a king and put onto David. Everything, the tunic, the sword, everything, he put onto David. So that David became, was looking like the son of the king, while Jonathan began to look like a pauper, which David was. And that was when the instance changed. Jonathan did not become a king. Rather, the boy from outside the block, David, became the king. And from that lineage, Jesus came. So that you can see that God had a strategy about Jesus actually coming through that particular lineage. And we know that Jesus was born like every other child was born. Well, um, not quite. He was born in a manger. I wasn't born in a manger. I was born in a hospital. You know, he was born in a manger. And the three wise men, or the, 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 the men came from the east, the Bible says, and they brought gifts to him. They said they heard the angel tell them, go, you see a child wrapped in a swaddling cloth. Swaddling cloth is not something fantastic, to be honest. I went to check the meaning. Swaddling cloth is actually a milk rag because he was born in a manger where they milk cows and the cloth they used in cleaning is what Jesus was wrapped in. It was called milk rag. And that was the entrance of Jesus into the, into, the, into, the, into the matter. And that is what Hebrews chapter 2 was trying to spot for us, the coming of a savior, the coming of a king, Jesus. And there are so many points that tells us that Jesus um, is 100% man. The first thing is that he was born. Luke chapter 2, verse 2, uh, verse 1 to 6. Jesus was baptized. He went through the baptism of John the Baptist. He was baptized, dipped in water. And something fantastic happened at that event. That was when heaven met with the heart. So in one same spot, there was the Trinity. God shouting from heaven, this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased, hear him. At the same time, Jesus coming out from the water, then the dove, which signifies the Holy Spirit. All at the same point. Jesus was baptized. Spirits don't get baptized or, or I mean, I don't understand. You know? And Jesus performed miracles, several of them in the Bible. There was a trail that Jesus was going about doing good, performing miracles. So spirits don't do that. He's only human being. He's 100% man. Jesus attended parties. That was in John chapter 2, verse 1 to 11. There was a wedding at the Cana of Galilee. 
that Jesus was there on the guest list. When the wine finished, and Jesus' mom told them, whatever he tells you to do, do. Went to Jesus. Jesus, um, wine is finished. He doesn't have a brewery, for God's sake. But the mom knew he could do something. How did she know he could do something? The boy grew up under her. Boy Jesus grew up under her like a normal child. She must have told him about the story of the, 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 the gift he got from the, from the wise men from the east. He must have told him several things. Jesus understood that. And the woman said, wine is finished. Jesus said, what have I got to do with you, woman? Nevertheless, he performed the miracle. Better wine came onto the table. Jesus experienced hunger. He felt hunger like any other human being. I do feel hungry. I don't know about you. Jesus felt hunger. The Bible spoke about the fig tree. Nothing was on the fig tree and the cursing of the fig tree. Jesus felt hunger. Jesus got tired also, like we all do. We get tired. In fact, he got tired. He was sleeping in the sheep while the storm was raging. And disciples came and said, Master, don't you care that we perish? He was really fast asleep. Master, don't you care that we perish? And he said, oh, oh, you of little faith, peace, be still. And there was calmness on the, on, the, on the storm. I pray this morning that every storm in your life will receive the voice of God. Peace be still this morning in Jesus' name. And Jesus wept. He cried at the tomb of Lazarus. It was late to get there, and uh, Mary and Martha told him, Jesus, if you had been here a long time ago, we would have had another, another case about Lazarus. Probably we would have healed him or something. And Jesus said, come, let us go and wake our friends, Lazarus, up, because he was sleeping, as far as he's concerned. And he got there, he woke Lazarus up. The Bible says he wept. Jesus wept. And Jesus was faced with temptations, just like we are today, because we are human beings. He was faced with temptation. Remember when he was on that mountain before he went to be baptized? The Bible says the devil came to him. He was there for 40 days and 40 nights. And the devil tried to entice him with those things that belong to him. That devil is a con man. You know, those things that belong to him was tempted. He faced disappointment like every other man did with his disciples. Before he went to the cross, he said, pray for me. Stay here and pray for me. He came back to look, look at them. They were sleeping. So he was disappointed also, like we do every day. We do feel disappointment. Jesus also appreciated perfumes and fragrance. Remember that woman that came to worship, worship him? That was the case of, of Mary. You know, I love, I love perfumes. I love good fragrance, you know? And, and the woman was, was, was worshiping him with expensive perfumes. 
And of course, Mr. Iscariot told, told him, don't waste that thing. You can sell it for good money. Jesus appreciates nice fragrance. And Jesus took on death, death of the cross. Spirits don't die. But Jesus took on death, death on the cross. Matthew chapter 26. And even after he rose, he had a meal with his disciples. After he rose, so that that tells us something. Even when Jesus rose from the dead, he was still even a man. After death, he rose. It wasn't a spirit when he rose. He was still a man. People saw him on the street. Is that part of the plan? <laughs> and Jesus ate with disciples after resurrection. In fact, it was so physical that when Thomas said, I won't believe except I see the nail, the, 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 the injury in his hand, Jesus said, this is it, Thomas, touch it. It was physical. Thomas touched him and he felt the wound of Jesus. The story didn't end there. Jesus rose on the third day, ascended to the Father. He granted you and I access to the Father. He's now seated on the right hand of the Father, where he intercedes for us. So the story didn't end that he died, no. We know today the position is, is there with the Father, giving us access to the Father. That is the story today. So don't take the bait. People telling you Jesus is not alive and Jesus is not there. No. He's there. In Hebrews chapter 4, the Bible says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who was tempted in every way. It doesn't matter what you're going through today. Jesus knows about it too. He's felt it too. He knows how it feels. People say, you don't know, you don't know what I'm going through. No, I may not know, but Jesus knows. Jesus knows exactly what you're going through because he's been through the same road. And that is why he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ever imagine or think. Because he knows. And this morning, I'm just going to um, admonish us to see Jesus in a different light. He's not the man far off there, no. He's close by here. Is right standing beside us, right standing with us. And that's why this morning I would like us to just take that knowledge and do something with it. What is your relationship like with Jesus? Do you think he's somebody you have to reach out to in that great distance? No. He's ever with us. He's ever with us. His presence is ever abiding. And probably there are things challenging you today. You can report those things to Jesus. 
and it will do exactly what it did before. People were blind, he healed them. People were sick, he healed them. You're looking for a job, it can provide a job. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 9, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Jesus can be all of this in our lives. Let's rise up together to worship.